1: Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome in to the Action Network podcast. Our UFC betting preview episodes return, and then we find out. This is our final episode of the season. The last hurrah, as Billy Ward put in our email exchange, giving out picks for UFC Paris. It comes to us uh, this weekend, and we're looking forward to what should be a great uh, a great episode. We have a lot to get to. Underdog plays that you'll find across the books Big fight of the night, Vittori vs. Whitaker. Favorite prop plays on the board. We'll do a DFS breakdown as we normally do. It's been a couple weeks. We weren't here last week. And then we'll get best bets from both Sean Zarillo, Billy Ward. They cover the MMA at Action Network. Billy Ward, former MMA fighter. So it's good to have the crew back together. Um, let's start, though, as we normally do, on the pod with the main event. We have Sido taking on Tai Tuivasa. Uh, that is the, the matchup in the... Main event, and uh, looking at the current odds across books, it is a, a fight in which it's very lopsided. Uh, it's, it doesn't feel like it could be all that close, but as we normally do, uh, as these guys normally do, they always present an angle that you can get involved uh, on the fight where you're not totally laying a ton of money. If it's a lopsided line, Tuivasa at plus 440. Gan is at minus 580. Zarilla, why don't you go first and give us your angle on the main event for the weekend?
2: Yeah, so I think the line is actually justified. I have a difficult time seeing Ty winning the fight outside of landing a knockout. And if you like the Tui Vasa side, I would certainly prefer his knockout prop at plus 650 as opposed to his money line at closer to plus 400. I think those lines should be much tighter together. Difficult time seeing him winning a decision and would be absolutely shocked mouth on the floor if he manages to submit Sorogan think he has some answers to keep gone off of him early with the leg kicks his power will be scary but gone is the type of attritional fighter technical fighter who will stay on the outside pick two apart hit him with deep kicks tire him out and eventually drag him to deep waters and probably finish him late my favorite angle on this matchup is the same game parlay gone in the over one and a half rounds is minus 125 Gone in the over two and a half rounds is plus 130. I think I'm going to end up taking that over one and a half and laying the juice. Just not sure that Tai Tuivasa is going to end up surviving all the way to 12 and a half minutes. He could probably get to seven and a half minutes with relatively little sweat, but I think that five and a half to 12 and a half minute mark is where that cardio is really going to start to drop off of a cliff for him. The one way that I see this ending very quickly outside of a Tuivasa knockout is if Gon decides to take him down and try to submit him. Because I think Ty is a bit of a fish off of his back. And if you put him on the ground, like if you put most any heavyweight on the ground and get on top of them, you're going to have a pretty easy chance to finish them once you're on top with all that weight. So a lot being made about Tuivasa's 20-pound weight advantage. I think Gon is the way better athlete, probably the stronger fighter too. I think he wins this fight pretty much however he wants.
1: Yeah. Gone is a, as a willing grappler, Billy, what is, um, you might have similar thoughts to Zerillo, but what, what is another way you can uh, play an angle on this main event?
3: Yeah. Almost exactly. in lockstep with Sean, you know, and this is something we've seen a lot of Tui Vasa fights where if you look at all of his matchups, he's almost never the better athlete, almost never has reach almost never the better technical fighter, but like five or six straight times, his fights have ended with him drinking a beer out of a shoe and giving some incomprehensible interview. So, I don't know. Like it's really Sean's right. It's very hard to see a way on paper that he beats him. But I'm definitely playing the tie to Evasa knockout odds. I I don't see why that's not the exact same as his money line odds. He's not going 25 minutes and winning minutes from Cyril Gon, and he's certainly not going to take him down. And you know I've kind of split the difference with the bet that I already put in on this one, but I did the Gon and over nine and a half minutes, which is exactly. In between the two that Sean said, that's the lowest total you can get and still get plus money on the gone side. So I'm going to have that, you know, enough to cover my losses if Tuivasa doesn't get the knockout, and then big swing on the Tuivasa knockout.
1: Moving right along, let's head to our favorite underdog plays for UFC Paris. Again, your betting preview here on the Action Network podcast, Zerillo. What is uh, jumping out to you for a favorite underdog play?
2: Yeah, I actually don't want to force anything here. Last time we were all together, Billy and I cashed a nice plus 300 dog on Marcin Tybura. And I thought the past couple of cards were really good for underdogs. I don't like any of the underdogs hardly on this card. The one that I took a look at was John McDessie around plus 190. That line is moving in a little bit. Concern with McDessie is that he's coming off of a long layoff. He's a bit older, coming off of an injury. I think if he was fully healthy, had fought relatively recently, I would certainly pick him at this number because I think Nazareth Hakkras is a bit of a fraud. But considering the layoff angle, I'll probably lay off, maybe use McDessey in DFS contest is how I would approach that instead of betting him. Do you want to give out a quick parlay here at Plus Money since the last time we're going to get together. Michal Figlak around minus 200 and Benoit Saint-Denis Closer to minus 270, minus 300. You can parlay those two together at a plus money price. I think they're two of the safer favorites on the card. Still not sure if I'm parlaying them or playing them both straight, but I'll definitely have money on both of those fighters.
1: Good stuff. A little parlay. Uh, I don't think, have we done the, par- maybe, uh, maybe we've- Billy's given out a parlay or so. I don't know if Zarillo's given out a parlay. Before. We've done the
2: SGP. I don't know if we've done a straight money line parlay yet. So, Gotcha. Right. Okay.
1: Very good. Uh, all right. Billy, what do you got for the uh, favorite underdog?
2: yeah
3: rare situation that i wholeheartedly disagree with sean on this one i think this is a great card for underdogs there's a few of them that i'm really big on uh the one i'm going to talk about right now is ailyn perez ufc debutante you can get her at 215 on Fanduel. still she opened the week as high as about plus 275 so a lot of that value has been gone but she's fighting stephanie egger who is two and two in the ufc and just got armbarred three weeks ago in vegas and took this fight on very short notice, stepped up a weight class. I'm not going to come up here and pretend I know a ton about Aylin Perez or was able to find any video on her that showed me much of anything. But Stephanie Edgar, fairly lower level women's MMA fighter, is a minus 300 or better favorite, just doesn't make a ton of sense. We talk about a lot when these fights, they're likelier to go to a decision. Then we're getting a little bit of judging swing that can help us out too. You know, When it goes to judges and it's a close fight, I definitely want the plus money ticket. So I still like her at the plus 215. I'd take her down to about plus 200. Really like the closing line value that I've gotten on it already. But, yeah, this is another one where if you're here in this one, I'd, I'd make that bet as soon as possible just because that that seems to be dropping like a stone as we move through the week.
1: Sean and Billy's fight of the night, when you look at the the card for this coming weekend, you'll find uh, Robert Whittaker and Marvin Vittori is the matchup we're going to focus on uh, for this weekend. Right now, uh, uh, Bill, we'll go to Billy first on this one. Uh, Billy, what what make the case for Vittori as far as why you want to bet him?
3: Yeah, it, it's not so much a case for Vittori in a vacuum. It's just the price is pretty good on him at plus 190 or so. You know, both fighters since 2016 have only lost Israel Adesanya. They've both beat everyone else in front of them. Admittedly, that's a bit of a tougher string of competition that Whitaker's faced, you know, being the champ in there at one point. But they've both done everything that's been asked of them other than beat Adesanya. And they're fairly close if you look at their stats. They both have about a plus one significant strike differential. The only difference is Whitaker definitely has more power and Vittori definitely, I shouldn't say definitely. Vittori likely is the better grappler. He's offensive wrestling a little bit more. But Whitaker has excellent takedown defense and Vittori has never been finished as a pro, even twice against Adesanya. So this is almost you know similar to the thesis with some of these women's MMA fights. I see this ending as a very close decision one way or the other, and if I can get a plus one ninety ticket on one fighter rather than the other, that's that's what I want to be holding when it goes to a decision, regardless of the outcome.
1: Okay, Whitaker, by the way, minus two fifty uh, overall in Fanduel. Zorillo, um, how you want to go about betting this?
2: Yeah, uh, highly likely to end inside the distance and the line closer to plus 200 would certainly give me interest knowing that factor as Billy pointed out Vittori by decision around plus 350 as well would certainly catch my interest that's probably the best value bet on the fight in my opinion, slight value on the goes to decision, even though it's juiced all the way up to about minus 245 and minus 250 so I may end up betting that may end up including that in a parlay projected that closer to minus 300. So I think this fight very likely goes to a decision. Both guys very durable, but Tori in particular, maybe the most durable guy in the UFC has eaten head kicks before and just not even been wobbled by it. Uh, I do think though that Whitaker, in terms of the stylistic matchup, may have the advantage here just because he's in recent fights had to go against fighters where he's had to lead the dance, like Adesanya, like Jerry Cannoneer, where he's had to be the guy going forward and creating the pressure, he's actually going to be able to stay on the back foot here and counter punch against Vittori, who's going to try to come forward. And I think the big cage, Whitaker's movement on the outside should be able to step back counter and kind of play Matador against Vittori, who is a bit more of a plotter, slower-footed. Definitely a bull, but I think Whitaker's footwork, his movement, his speed is going to make the difference here. So if you're betting it, Vittori, by decision, probably a small play. Fight to go to a decision, lay the juice. I may end up just passing, though, because I think Whitaker will be the eventual winner. I expect a close and competitive fight, but I think it's one that Whitaker takes about as often as the Moneyline Odds probably suggest.
1: Okay, good stuff. Uh, This should be a good one. Middleweight fight uh, this weekend in Paris. Whitaker and Vittori, our fight of the night. Moving forward. Uh, favorite props that are on the board always encouraged to uh, look very carefully because you can just dive into each fight even looking at the sports book now you can dive in more wagers for each and every fight
2: that is on the card what catches your attention Zarillo uh yeah so i'm going with Khalid Taha here by knockout at around plus 420 projected this closer to plus 350 striker versus striker fight facing a guy who's coming in off a contender series who has multiple finish losses on his record regionally, a couple knockout losses, a submission loss. Taha hits very hard going against the guy who's a debutante who maybe hasn't faced that level of power before. Even look at Taha, some round one props, I think would be of interest as well. But knockout plus 420 for a guy who typically fades the longer his fight goes, I think is a solid play.
1: Billy, favorite prop on the board? Yeah, I mean, my favorite pop
3: is certainly Tuivasa by knockout, but yep. outside of that one, I'm looking at uh, William Gomez versus Jarno Aarons, and you guys can tell by how much I struggle to pronounce those names. I don't know a ton about either of these guys. They're both making their USA debut. Neither have fought in, like, really big European or regional promotions or anything like that. Just not a ton of information on either of them. But you can get at FanDuel their fight to end inside the distance at minus 142, which is definitely the most generous line on that because I'm seeing 160s, 180s elsewhere. But the big case for me here is that, you know, at lower levels, we just see more stoppages. If anyone's ever gone to like a local or even better, an amateur MMA fight, all those fights end early. Just the range of outcomes in terms of skill level between lower level fighters like this, it's just much broader than when we get it to the higher levels. So I think this one is going to, Finish well more often than the featherweight w- rate would usually suggest. I have no idea who the better fighter is. I don't know what they're good at. I just think when we have two guys on the lower end of the spectrum with UFC jitters, with, you know, it being a relatively big card, someone's getting stopped. Minus 142 is not a ton of juice to lay on that. So that's my favorite prop outside of Tuivasa, of course.
2: And some good price shopping. I mean, as you said, it's closer to minus 160, minus 180 at most other books. So yeah, that number stood out to me as well, just as being an outlier price, something I'm probably going to play too. Okay,
1: as we normally do on this podcast, on the Action Network podcast, our UFC betting episodes. Uh, again, the Action Network podcast, uh, our final ride this season, our final ride in UFC. Billy, why don't you give us a little DFS breakdown if we're talking GPPs, um, you know, other, other particular pool play. What, what, what do you got?
3: Yeah, this is a this is a tough one for me to an extent. There's six fighters over $19 on FanDuel and I have bets out against four of them. So it's almost a weird one where I'm going to have a hard time filling that salary cap, which is not a bad thing. You know, we've talked about in the past leaving some salary on the table is a really good way to get unique on 12 fight cards like this. But this is one where I'm leaning Especially for GPPs, very heavily on the fantasy labs optimizer. I'm going to mix in those underdogs I like. You know Buckley, who we haven't quite talked about yet, Vittori, uh, Perez, and then Tuivasa. And I'm just going to have a rule to have at least one or two of those guys. And I'm going to mix in their opponents because I, I'm not expecting all four of these heavy underdogs to hit. But I just want to mix and match between those those fighters and their opponents. And, yeah, that's, that's going to be my GPP strategy. Just kind of heavily lean on that. I'm not sure which ones are. I'm fairly confident at least one or two of those are going to win at super cheap prices. And then from a cash standpoint, I can see the, the argument for not playing Tai Tuivasa. If he doesn't get a knockout, he's not going to have a ton of points. Even if it goes long, he doesn't throw with a ton of volume. I'm, you know, leaning somewhat heavily towards the Tuivasa side, but this might be a rare week where I think we could actually fade the underdog in the five-round fight and probably be okay in cash. You know, unless he knocks him out and scores 120 points, because that's what Tui Vasa seems to do, even when he shouldn't.
1: So that salary is misleading, is your is your point. I, I mean, I don't know
3: that it's misleading. It, it's fairly in line with, with the Vegas odds, although a lot of these expensive fighters, we've seen drops in their odds throughout the week, I guess outside of Gone. You know, I think Benoit Saint-Denis, he's up there at $21 on FanDuel. That, that's one of the few expensive fighters who's actually had some positive line movement. So I'm going to be really heavy on him. But, you know, we've seen Imavov. the line move a little bit towards Buckley's way. Eggers, the second most expensive fighter, the lines move pretty heavily against her. So it's not so much that it's misleading. It's just a lot of that value has been sucked out if we're
1: looking at win equity per dollar or however you want to phrase it. Okay. All right. Good deal.
2: Uh, good stuff from Billy on that front. Any Sean, anything to add before we move to best bets? No, I'll also be heavy on St. Denis. Uh, you know, his money line around minus 270, minus 300. I mean, it's. It's difficult to call somebody a lock in a sport like MMA where anything can happen. But I think that's a very generous price for him, even where it's sitting currently. He's basically fighting a guy who's going to be willing to accept takedowns and try to fight for submissions off of his back. And unless he locks in that submission, he's going to lose. So St. Denis could end up looking like an 85 to 90 percent win probability here. And you know
3: those takedowns are huge for DFS too because you get you get a ton of points for those in a quick time period, especially if the guy can get back up. So even I think he's probably a better DFS play than he is betting option, even if Sean's calling him almost locked.
1: You no, know, I mean again, we talked about this earlier. Too, I mean, you both talked about this earlier. I'm just listening because I'm I'm like the listener. Is I, I've been saying this all year. I'm, I'm I'm processing your information, but yeah, I mean, Tui Voss is not providing. Um, you need fantasy points and he's not giving you the, the takedowns, which are not, it's not an end all be all, but it's of course helpful to uh, rack up the points and beat your competition cash or GPP. Um, okay. Here we go. Best bets for UFC Paris. We'll go Sean first and then we'll go to Billy
2: Charles Jordan on the money line. Uh minus 150 currently. I think that is a fair number considering I believe this should be closer to minus 200. Jordan probably won his last fight against Shane Burgos. I had bets on Burgos there. Burgos, the taller, longer fighter, the better grappler. And Jordan absolutely put it on him when this fight was on the feet. Lost the grappling. Do not see him losing the grappling to Nathaniel Wood. Maybe gets taken down a couple of times, but he should be able to pop right back up. Jordan, a former 155 pounder. Wood came up from 135 recently. I know they're the same reach. Jordan, a bit taller. He should be the bigger man in here, should be the stronger man, should carry more power. The volume may be relatively equal throughout, but Jordan should land the more powerful shots, the more impactful strikes, and do more damage. So even if Wood is able to grapple him a little bit and keep up in terms of volume, I think Jordan is going to land the much more damaging strikes, which is what the primary scoring criteria is. He really only loses when he gets out grappled, and I don't see Wood having a sufficient grappling advantage to pull away in this fight. So Jordan minus at minus 150 on the money line, also taking a look at his inside the distance prop as well around plus 200.
1: All right, Billy, we're going to, we're going to go to two by KO a third time on the show, or do you get you got something else for us?
2: No, no, no,
3: I've, I've beaten that one enough. Um, no, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I like a lot of underdogs here. Joaquin Buckley, he's now down to plus 200 at FanDuel. And I still think that's a tremendous value. You know, he opened closer to plus 225, 230, dropped a little bit. Um, he's just made such tremendous strides in his last fight. You know, his last few fights, he came into the UFC real raw, just throwing heavy shots. And, you know, he trains out of uh, Mercy Lago MMA near me in Lansing, Michigan, and they've just done a tremendous job pushing him forward a little bit. You know, he won a decision a couple fights ago. He's got a third round finish on there. His cardio used to be really questionable. I don't see that now. And he's fighting Nasser Dean Imovov, and I'm just having a hard time seeing outside of maybe cardio what Imov is better at. You know, Buckley's definitely got more power. He's equally active as a striker. He's probably the better offensive wrestler. I think if it hits the mat, it's more in Imov's wheelhouse. But from a wrestling standpoint, Buckley is better. So to get plus 200 odds on a guy who has all the power, probably some wrestling upside, and, you know, I, I don't see him getting finished by him of outside of a submission. I don't think it hits the mat unless Buckley wants it to. So that's another one. You know, I'd get out there and get on it as soon as possible because this one's just been steadily declining throughout the week. I bet it down to about plus 180, plus 175. I just don't want to be on the wrong side of all that line movement if it goes any further than that. But, yeah, plus 200, great price on Buckley. Really impressed with the strides he's made lately.
1: Billy, I'll throw. I'm going to throw one more question at you. I, I noticed just just getting ready for the pod that this came out the other day. There was some last minute changes with uh, with injuries and whatnot to the card. Is that that, that concern you at all? With any of your, uh, does that affect any of the bets that you may give out for the weekend? Uh,
3: it, it did, and that's one of the reasons I'm on Aylan Perez, who I mentioned earlier is the underdog. Yes. Agger, Agger came in as a short notice replacement, so that that was the one that I react. I mean, I don't. I can't think of ever seeing a fighter fight three weeks after being finished in a fight which is what her opponent stephanie egger is doing we see guys you know guys or women come off wins and fight again soon this is pretty rare so yeah that was definitely part of that factor for me
1: okay yeah that's just that's just something that came out so yeah egger will uh egger's uh, medical issues um yep Or pardon me, Farron being replaced uh, by Edgar. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. That's good. Just wanted to clarify to make sure that we were uh, were on top of that news as well uh, from UFC earlier in the week. Gents, awesome job this year. A lot of fun. I certainly learned something from uh, tuning in just as a host. And my goal is to try and be like the listener and understand what in the world you guys are doing as it pertains to a sport that was new to me, admittedly starting out, but it's been, I've, I've enjoyed it uh, getting involved. So great stuff. Sean Zarillo, Billy Ward, you can find them on the action network app also do a great job. They are both writers at action network covering UFC. You can find all of their, their picks data on the app. And also you can find the action network podcast on the app where you can tune in and get yourself ready for UFC Paris. That's going to do it. Uh, gents, thanks so much for both of those guys. Brendan Glasheen. Uh, you just listened to the Action Network podcast, UFC Paris betting preview, the U- Action Network podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Everyone have a great and safe weekend. Enjoy the fights and be keep, uh, keep it locked into the Action Network podcast for all of our football coverage throughout the rest of the fall. Thanks so much.